Good morning, church. Is everyone doing well? Great. It's really uh, great to be here. Um, two Sundays ago, we were in Mexico um, with a group from Revive Church. We had a phenomenal time on mission. And um, in a sec, I'm going to share a little bit about what God did on that mission. And also some of the team that were there as well, um, if they can uh, get ready, because I'm going to call you up in a sec. I'm not sure who's here, but hopefully uh, there will be some of them here. Um, uh, but isn't God a good God? Yeah. And isn't it awesome that Revive Church um, has not just a local impact, not just a regional impact, but a global impact as well? And uh, I know that uh, our mission to Mexico was just one of many different overseas missions that, that Revive has been a part of this year. Um, so I just think that's awesome that uh, this church is touching nations. Uh, yeah, God did some amazing things. Um, like Maggie was saying, we had over 100 uh, pastors and leaders gather each day for these pastors' conferences and uh, from all kinds of different denominations. And all the different denominations, all the different churches all hated each other. Uh, that was kind of the, the environment we were going into. They didn't meet together. They didn't mix. They didn't like one another. And we were kind of ministering into that. And it was like, what on earth do you say? What on earth do you do? And the first morning, um, I just kind of, God just put on my heart, just encourage them that the joy of the Lord is their strength. And so I just ministered on joy. And there was just such a wonderful um, sense of the presence of God. And who knows that the, the Holy Spirit is a reconciler. And you know, where there's division and broken relationships, whether that between pastor and pastor, church and church, husband and wife, parents and kids, friend and friend, whatever it is, when the Holy Spirit gets involved, he can bring forgiveness, he can bring reconciliation. And it was amazing over the two days how these pastors were repenting to one another and, and crying over one another and, and praying for one another. And the guy who set it all up, you really said it was just an historic move of God among the pastors. They'd never seen anything like it. And, and like Ruman said, in the evening meetings, we saw hundreds of people come to Christ, some amazing miracles. There was a blind lady who, she'd been blind for two years and instantly God restored her sight and uh, I, it was funny because I was taking her testimony and I asked her where are you from um, and she said I'm from um, Florida so I'm thinking there must be a Florida in Mexico um, so I'm like okay is that near here or Evan she says uh, no Florida in the United States um, so I was like what on earth are you doing in our meeting in Mexico when you're from Florida. And she was in Mexico on her holidays. Um, and she just kind of stumbled into the meeting um, and God had healed her. Um, so isn't that incredible that her, her family had put her on the airplane to go on her holidays and she was blind. And when they picked her up at the airport, she could see. So uh, that's, that's Jesus, isn't it? And God, is, God wants to do things today. He wants to do things in our lives. And um, Acts 3 and 4 um, are two of my favorite chapters in the Bible. There's so much in them. Um, it's a story of Peter and John uh, ministering to the guy who's crippled at the gate, beautiful, going into the temple. And we don't have time to, to read the whole passage, but let me just kind of uh, pick out a few kind of key verses here. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate 
called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and then Peter said, look at, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I give you, uh, what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. (coughs) He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Amen. Um, There's a big crowd that gather because um, it's a miracle that's happened right there in the street. And it says in verse 11, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to the men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if it's by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. Um, And then he goes on and Um, He says in verse 16, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know has been made strong. It's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through through him that has given this complete healing to him as you can all see. Uh, There's such a scene that Peter and John end up getting arrested and they're on trial before uh, before the Sanhedrin. And it says it in, in verse 8 of the following chapter, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Verse 13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And the story concludes with the Sanhedrin forbidding them to preach any more in the name of Jesus. But it says in verse 19, But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. Um, I've been asked to speak for a few moments this morning on evangelism. And Christmas is coming. Yay! Yay. And isn't Christmas an incredible opportunity to invite people to church? I mean, at Christmas, more people are open to coming to church than at any other time of the year. And there's stuff happening uh, where the gospel is preached in a real clear unthreatening way and it's an incredible opportunity uh, to invite people to Jesus and uh, so why don't we do it hello Um, what I love in this story you know it's a story about a man who's got a need an individual you know the uh, the end result of this miracle is that through the preaching of Peter and John 2,000 people give their lives to Jesus. 2,000 men give their lives to Jesus. Who knows how many, including the women and the children. But it all happened because uh, a one man. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I think of like thousands coming to Christ, it can be a little bit like mind-blowing. 
And when we talk about revival coming to the city, when we talk about revival coming to the nation, it can just be like, I can't even comprehend that. Um, you know, when we kind of uh, watch on the news about the reports in Paris and all the horrific things that are happening in our world, we can sit there on our sofas in front of the TV kind of thinking, what on earth can I do about this? But just forget thinking about the world. Forget thinking about the nation. Forget thinking about the city. Who knows that in the midst of all that, there are individuals who've got needs. And if or what we can do is we can touch the individuals around us. We can touch our own circle of influence. We can touch our own family, our own friends, our own neighbours with the love of Jesus. And that's what Peter and John did here. In the midst of that 2,000 people that came to Christ, there was one man. And that's who the Bible highlights here, this crippled man. And in the city of Hull, there are individuals that have got needs. And Peter and John reached out to this man who got a need. And I love it here how Peter says, we can't help but tell people about Jesus. Who knows, that is the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our lives. Have you ever been in a meeting where someone's preached on evangelism? And you've kind of got so fired up that you thought, right, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell everyone this week about Jesus. But you've not done it. You've not even told one person. Well, don't feel too bad about that because Peter was exactly the same. You remember when Peter was like, I'm going to die for you, Jesus. And then like hours later, he's denying it. Because sometimes we can make commitments in the atmosphere of a meeting. But actually, it can just be our flesh. And, and the moment we get out of the, the cinema, we forget all about it. And, and that's what Peter did. But the moment Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit, he's like, I can't help but tell people about Jesus. He was so full of the presence of God. And who knows that the presence of God is contagious. When you are filled with the presence of God, you just can't help but tell people about Jesus. I don't want to be guilt-tripped into evangelism. I want to be so full of the Holy Spirit that I can't help but evangelize. That I can't help but tell people about Jesus. And sometimes we can feel so bad and guilty and, you know, preachers can stand up and say, you know, your friends, your neighbors, they're going to burn in hell unless you do something about it. And we can feel so guilty and so bad uh, that we can kind of, we can witness and evangelize just out of guilt. But actually there's a, there's a better way. And that's just to be so full of Jesus. To be so full of the Holy Spirit that we just have to tell people about Jesus wherever we go. And, and that's what I want in my life. Anyone else? And I pray this morning that God raises up some, I've got to tell people. Yeah? And uh, I mentioned this in the service last night. The Holy Spirit, when he fills us, he removes the I could never off of our lives. You know, you, you speak to uh, Maggie and she hinted it earlier on. You know, a few months ago, she, she would have been like, I could never go to Mexico. I could never go all that way on a mission. But you know what? The Holy Spirit touched her heart and she did it. And you know, some of us, we, 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 we might kind of say the same things. We're like, oh, I could never lead someone to Jesus. 
I could never pray for someone that's sick. I could never have the courage to invite uh, that person that's so hostile to the carol service. But you know what? When the Holy Spirit comes, he removes the I could never off of our lives. And there are people here, and you might say, I could never be an evangelist. I could never uh, be, go on a mission trip. I could never, uh, you know, preach to people. Guess what? When the Holy Spirit comes, he removes all the limitations. He makes us as bold as a lion. And God has got incredible things that he wants to do through each of us. All we have to do is that have that bit of faith, that bit of boldness, and take that step of faith. And what I love about this, it says that when they saw Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary people. But they realized that they'd been with Jesus. Who know, I believe that we're living in a day when God wants to use ordinary people. I mean, the, the team that went out to Mexico, we were the bunch of the most ordinary people. And yet God used us somehow to impact the lives of hundreds of churches. I mean, only Jesus can do that, can't he? And you know what? Sometimes we can kind of look at, at, at the spiritual superstars and we can just see, seem so ordinary in comparison. But God uses ordinary people in ordinary situations to share the message of his love. I believe there are people here, if you just step out in faith, you can see people come to Christ this Christmas. You can lead your friends, your colleagues, your neighbours. You might seem, feel so ordinary, so inadequate, so under-equipped. But if you'll just step out and take that step of faith and say, say that word, invite someone, God can use you. You know, on Friday night, um, you know, it's awesome what God's doing at the Ghoul campus among young people. You know, through Steve and Liz and Jonathan and, uh, and Lamia and, and Rich and Kate and all the guys who work with the youth. They're seeing uh, dozens of unchurched young people come into Ghoul on a, on a Sunday and give their lives to Jesus. And on Friday night, uh, they came over, they brought a minibus over to Hull um, to Bridaf for the Inferno Youth Meeting. And some of these young people encountered the Holy Spirit on Friday night as, as Jennifer and Carmine were ministering. Um, and then two of them from Ghoul got the bus from Ghoul and came to the revival meeting in Hull last night. But here was a real cool thing. They were so full of Jesus and the Holy Spirit from the night before that they found their friend who worked in a bar who's never set foot in a church building in his life and said, there's a service in church tonight, we're bringing you. And these two teenage boys who themselves didn't know God uh, just a few months back um, went and brought their unsafe friend into the revival service last night. And all the way through Jennifer leading the worship, I, I was looking at this kid and we only knew that he was the first time in church because he told us. But you'd think he was like, you know, a pastor or something. He got his hands raised. He was just kind of copying what everyone else was doing. But he was just getting into God's presence. Um, and at the end of the meeting, Carmine asked him to come up and he just said, um, he said, what's happening to you? And he just said, I feel the love of God all over me. Um, and so we led him to Jesus right there and then in the service. And uh, Carmine gave him a copy of his book and he messaged him this morning at breakfast saying he's been reading that book. He can't put it down. God has just changed his life. But God used two teenagers from Hull to do it. God can use each one of us if we just take that step of faith. And I just want to encourage you this morning 
that God wants to use ordinary people that have been with Jesus. And I, I want to kind of close with this thought, that it, it all started with Peter and John stopping for this crippled man. This guy who wasn't in church, he was on the outside of the church. And who knows that outside of the church, there's needs all around us. And I wonder how many times we just pass by. How many times we kind of don't think. But actually, if we were just to stop, and have that conversation and pick up the phone and hand out that flyer. What could Jesus do? What could Jesus do? Peter said, we've shown an act of kindness to this man. And really that is all evangelism is. It's showing the kindness of Jesus. What is kindness? What is showing kindness to a sick person? Is praying for their healing. What's showing kindness to someone that's lonely? It's being a friend. What's showing kindness to someone that's bereaved or going through a divorce or going through a painful time? It's being that support. What's showing kindness to someone who's lost? It's sharing the gospel. And wherever we go this week or these next few weeks, I want to encourage us just to shine Jesus shine his kindness and be intentional about stopping for those who've got a need who knows this world is a dark place but praise God that we have the answer Peter had the confidence to say look at us what you need I've got inside of me do you know we, we can say that do you know you can say that hello you have Jesus, the hope of glory in you. I want to tell you that what they say on the news is not what God says. The news reports are not prophecy. Prophecy is the Lord reigns. The earth is the Lord and everything in it. Prophecy is I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Prophecy is that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and His Christ. And friends, I want to encourage you. Watch the news. Be informed about what God's doing in the world. But get so full of Jesus. So full of hope. So full of His love and His light and His presence. That you just can't help being a light wherever you go. You can't help but being a conduit of His kindness and His goodness wherever you go I wonder if we can stand together you know for whatever needs this world has the gospel is the answer amen to those who are lost and broken and sick the gospel is the answer if there are people here this morning and you've got a need I want to tell you that the answer is Jesus. Right now, just, just close your eyes right now where you are. To those who are sick, to those who are broken, to those who are, who are depressed, to those who are anxious, whatever it is to, this morning, Jesus is the answer. And Jesus is the answer to all those who are around us. 
And I want to encourage you of these next few weeks to be intentional about inviting, intentional about praying, intentional about sharing Jesus with people, sharing his kindness, sharing his love, sharing his joy, and watch what Jesus can do through ordinary people like you. There are people here this time next year, you're going to have testimonies because you've been on mission. There are people here in a few weeks, you're going to have testimonies of what God's done through you. Ordinary people with an extraordinary God. Let's step out in faith over the next few weeks and let's see how Jesus can use us.